Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. It was one of those moments where you knew you were Canadian and then it had it all. We saw other people. We saw Bob Dylan recognize it. The thing we love as Canadians, don't we? We just love it when they love us, especially in America, and we go, yes, and we knew it all along. But when we had to say goodbye to Gordon Lightfoot, we saw it all again. Eric Alper joining me as we go through this journey, and we will take your thoughts here. He is, of course, a music commentator extraordinaire. Eric, happy Saturday. Thank you for being here. Oh, happy to do it. And yeah, um, Good timing on the call because they're basically about halfway through the a uh, really Ontario hometown oh, concert. Yeah. Um, there was a a book of condolences and a book of remembrance that's going on um, in both Aurelia and Toronto. And like you said, with the show happening tonight, starting at eight o'clock. Yeah, and it's kind of going to be a microcosm of how we all feel. I just want to say there, you know, sundown as we came in, and that was about Kathy Evelyn Smith, who went to jail for giving drugs to John Belushi, and Gordon Lightfoot stood by her. There's all sorts of stories connected to this man, isn't there? Yeah, um, like when you stay in music for five, six decades, you're going <laughs> to run into people and you're going to have those stories to, to say. Um, but yeah, you know, Sundown um, tells the story of that really troubled romantic relationship that he's really never actually came out to say, yes, it's been Kathy Smith, but the timing of it looks pretty clear that it was that it was her, um, with the narrator recounting an affair with a hard-loving woman, got me feeling mean, and, uh, you know, but that didn't stop it from hitting number one on the Billboard Hot 100 and easy listening charts and, uh, and, the, and the country charts, too. So, yeah, when you... Oh, the stories that all of those people from that time mm-hmm. could tell, you know, from that time at the at Toronto's Riverboat Club, where Gordon, um, you know, used to hang out with David Clayton Thomas and Neil Young and Joni Mitchell and uh, and Bruce Coburn and Murray McLaughlin. They're all they've all got amazing, amazing stories about one another. And I'm sure that a lot will be told this weekend. Absolutely. Eric, you know, it, it was a moment. I mean, you, you do this. You are this. And it struck me, I was moved by it. I'm terribly moved by it. There were times I could barely speak when I listened to some of the songs, especially, you know, um, did she mention my name or those? I remember I told a story, and I'm sure you have one, and we're going to take other stories and listen to them here. I remember I was in a store, actually, and it was in Prince Edward Island, and it was just some crappy store. I don't know what it was, but <laughs> it came on, and I realized how beautiful the song was, and I was so moved in the store and went home and started playing him again. I'm sure that's happening now. People have been reminded he was a poet, not just a musician. 
Yeah, and it's reflected all over social media and music streaming services. In fact, um, before his passing, he was just over about 1 million monthly listeners on Spotify. Now he's over 3 million. So in the last week alone, um, over 2 million people have been listening to Gore and Life. But now that doesn't tell you how many times they've listened to a song or how many songs that that one person has listened to. Um, but Sundown is just under a um, hundred million streams on Spotify, and if you can read my mind, it's about five million streams away. So both those numbers, they're going to explode past the hundred million mark sometime this week. Um, but that's the beautiful thing about being a music fan, and uh, in 2023, is that when somebody died in our in when we were teenagers or young adults, we had to hope that the record store, first of all, you had to hope that you had a record store that was nearby. And then you had to hope that they weren't sold out of everything because it could be days, if not weeks, of getting a new John Lennon album back in or a Greatest Hits album back in. Um, But now it's so immediate that when we found out just before 10 o'clock that um, that Gordon Lightfoot had passed away, he immediately went to the top of the trending topics on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and is still in the top 10. And that says how brilliant people thought Gordon Lightfoot was. Because in most cases, you know, they kind of move on really, really quickly. Um, but this one, I think we're going to be listening to Gordon Lightfoot. I know we're going to be listening to Gordon Lightfoot for the rest of our lives. Absolutely. We were reminded, too, just to keep in our mind here, what was it? Like, I, I take another look at him and I, I'm crying, you know, and listening to the music almost in a new way, realizing how clean and how the message was a little bit, it was always a little bit sad and honest, wasn't, but it was so beautiful and clean and his musical combinations got inside us in a way. It wasn't rock. He didn't scream it. He just grabbed and the music flowed inside of you, almost like inside your body. And then he spoke almost like he was just speaking to you alone. Yeah. It's one of those things where you go through Bob Dylan's catalog or Joni Mm, Mitchell's or Paul Simon or even Bruce Coburn to a certain extent. Um, You know, you pick an album and you'll have a really good vibe of the era or that year or what was going on through their head musically and where they were kind of stretching themselves. You know, Joni Mitchell can go from, you know, Chanteuse folk singer to orchestra leader to jazz to, you know, a little bit rock. Gordon Lightfoot found that lane on the highway and never mm-hmm. veered from it. No. And so if you like him in the beginning of his career back in like 1962, you'll probably love the mid-80s stuff because it sounds just a little bit more modern, but it's not like that he put a heavy metal album or worked with like a, a, a huge rock band. He was just, he knew who he was and he was pretty firm in that. You got it. No disco. You know, no the Stones di- no kind of did the, like the Rolling Stones. Yeah, yeah they kind of did it. And no <laughs> disco. And I'm sure he would, he swore to that. Eric, you know, lots of Canadian bands really opening up as we talked about how, how he affected others and other musicians. Tragically hip, just one of them. Yeah, there's a, there's a really great history of not only of Gordon Lightfoot, um, but uh, affecting um, musicians and, and bands right across the country, but from around the world. I mean, when you have uh, members of the Tragically Hip and Belinda Carlisle of the Go-Go's and Stephen King, 
the author all paying tribute to him. And that was only within the first couple of seconds of, of people finding out about uh, about his passing. You know that you've done something wrong, uh, something amazing. And so the the ability for him to uh, to have all of those accolades and the the great thing about Gordon Lightfoot specifically um, in in paying tribute to him is that. It happened when he was alive. So much of his awards, um, 16 Juno Awards from 1965 to 73, Composer of the Year, ASCAP Awards for Songwriting, Pop Record of the Year, um, Celebrity Captain of the Toronto Maple Leafs in the early 90s, getting awards from the Governor General, being Honorary Doctorate uh, of universities across Canada. It happened when he was still able to see and feel the love of people around him. And that's that's one of the greatest achievements I think that this industry and people can give is give it to, you know, show them the love when they're still here. I do. And I I would love to hear from some listeners on what he meant, because he did stand for being a Canadian. Like we were we were thrilled for so many of the things that you've brought up there, Eric. He had these values. He didn't, you know, he was appreciated in America. He went to America a lot, but he didn't want to be American. He didn't do disco and he didn't move to America, Eric. Yeah, there's there's so much of of Canada and his songs that, you know, about the Canadian Railway, about the, the shipwrecks of the Edmund Fitzgerald, of the rivers and the highways and the wilderness. Um, the, he was absolutely Canadian. And, and you know, back in the 60s of, of that coffeehouse scene in Toronto, uh, they all knew that they had to go to America to break because there really wasn't a whole lot of Canadian music industry around. Um, but when he landed in Los Angeles, he was there for a couple of years and just decided to come back. It, it just didn't really suit him um, a whole lot to to kind of be there. So he came back um, fully formed and, and fully happy to, to to kind of hang out here for a while. You know, it's incredible, too, the effect it had on people, the Edmund Fitzgerald, who I've, I just thought that was a work of genius. Yeah. And it wasn't just about liking the song. You were out there on the Great Lakes. How did he do that? I mean, literally, that melody it just made you, and he dinging the bell, and you were on a ship, and the families of those people who died are so connected to Gordon yeah. Lightfoot, aren't they? I mean, it was I was teary-eyed reading about how they were reacting to this. It shouldn't have, it shouldn't have been a song. And more importantly, it shouldn't have been a hit song. This no. is a song about <laughs> about, you know, the death of 29 crew members of one of this country's biggest tragedy, but we kept listening to it over and over and over again, and it told one of the great stories uh, ever in in music, ever in pop music, and um, and we kept buying it, and we kept wanting him to play it, and he kept wanting to sing it. Um, and on paper, it's a disastrous move to sing about this, but he just made it work. I remember being a kid and learning in my history class um, about the wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald through that song. And the, the history professor was very, very hip and cool and kind of looked like Gordon Lightfoot, actually, when I think about it. But he, <laughs> he printed off the lyrics, and that's how we, we found out. I mean, we, there was no Google, so that was kind of taken as fact for, for years and years and years. 
Let me ask you the science of it. I always find this very fascinating when we look at musicians and how they drag you in. As you say, we shouldn't have wanted to listen to that song, but we did. What what did he do? Because, you know, you think of it, he did draw you in. And we look at great rock songs and their call and response or, you know, Pink Floyd songs that started, the, the trend that started, they began as one thing and ended in something else. And then we were into some kind of a tribal chant at the end, but he did do something almost tribal there, didn't he? Yeah, he he spoke to us like an elder, Um, you know, but that's the amazing great thing about folk music in particular is um, it's the music of the people and you tell stories about your land and your culture and your community and the people that live in it and you tell the stories of Canadians who don't have a voice songwriters do that. That's their main mission is to teach and to build um, truth and trust among one another through oral history. And people have been doing it for centuries and centuries and centuries, whether it's through you know, simple poetry or sonnets like Shakespeare did, um, all the way through to Gordon Lightfoot to Billie Eilish now. It's their job to take what's happening in the world and put a mirror to their audience and say, this is you. You went through this. And we all felt that pain when, when not only when the Edmund Fitzgerald happened and that disaster, um, but every time we kind of relive it because it's just such a sad tale. Eric, is this going to, there's something you just said, and I thought, wow, I wonder if this is going to give a resurgence into folk music, because it, you know, it has a little blips, but it never really came back. I mean, it was everything, everything in the 60s. And again, the simplicity of it. Is it time we we kind of look at, I know people dabble, but then all the other stuff happens around it. But person and guitar, man and guitar, woman and guitar, and nothing else. Can that come back for good, do you think? There's a, there's a great Keith Richards quote from the Rolling Stones, and he said, the mark of a great song is how well it's played on an acoustic guitar. And what he meant by that is you can dress it any song up with bells and whistles and giant choruses and screaming and studio trickery and techniques and and, uh, auto-tune. But if you can play that song and make people have a feeling about it, an emotional attachment to it through just your voice and a guitar, then it's going to be a really good song. And because Gorin Lightfoot never really strayed away from that, that's why all of his songs still hold up five, six decades later, is because it was just really simplistic. It was him and his voice and the wistfulness and his rising up and down of his voice telling the story. And, you know, even not just this particular song with the Edmund Fitzgerald, but, you know, in, in songs like, you know, in Sundown and Early Morning Rain and River and Ribbon of Darkness and uh, Carefree Highway, Rainy Day People, all of those were written in complete isolation away from the general public. He released them and 40,000 people sing those songs back to him when he was around every single night because they have their own memories of what that song means to them. We don't have to know about Gordon Lightfoot's personal relationship because it doesn't matter. When you listen to Black Day in July, when you listen to Early Morning Rain, mm. we have all been through that. We have. Ribbon of Darkness. I still say that if I'm bummed out. I do. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if everybody knows. But I, I don't need to laugh true. at your, you know, black clouds and everything. But yeah, I, I hear do. You. 
I do. I worked with a guy years ago, and I'd come in and go, "How are you?" And he would say, "Ribbon of darkness over me," and and we'd laugh somehow. But right, it's, right. it's like, oh, yeah, you're going you're, through that time too, huh? Yeah, that's yeah, absolutely for sure. You know, I'm seeing here Robbie Robertson mentioning rainy day people and putting the quote in, and everybody is going for it. What really did it to? It's just see the sorrow and the missing from Bob Dylan. Bob Dylan said there's not a song he didn't love. And again, Eric, Canadians love to hear that, don't they? That quote from Bob Dylan is just so it's just so classic. I, I think that that quote was probably more often quoted in the last week um, just to show people that um our greatest living singer-songwriter and Bob Dylan could be argued um, against somebody like a Paul McCartney. When Bob Dylan says that, um, people listen. And, you know, going back to your point about, you know, if you if there might be a resurgence in it, um, you know, that that line of the mark of a great song by being played on an acoustic guitar. Uh, you and I have talked about this before. When Taylor Swift started to become really, really popular, Gibson Guitar came out and said that she has been influencing acoustic guitar sales over 300% year on year before she began. And yeah, most so- of the sales are going to teenage girls. If you want to hear more, Subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend. 